Agubwa. I call Agubwa. <laughs> That's I... our thing. Agubwa. Make it our thing. <laughs> Agubwa. Well, are we ready to get this Agubwa train going? I'm ready to get this Agubwa train going. Yes. Good to me, Brett. Agubwa. Agubwa. No, <laughs> this is Dad's Meat World, your weekly deep dive into that 90s classic Boy Meets World, joined by two dads who love this show and want to talk about it nonstop. I am one of those dads, Tyler, joined by... I am Brett. <laughs> How long have you been planning on doing that? <laughs> About 10 seconds when I realized it's still on the board. <laughs> Sitting right next to... <laughs> uh, all right. Well... If you've never listened to us before, welcome. Uh, we just <laughs> like to have fun. We like to go through this show scene by scene, give our takes. But we always start with just a little catch up of what's going on in our lives. So, Brett, anything fun and new going on with you? Oh, fun and new. Uh, well, I am uh, back into the swing of things for this time of year at work. Uh, fun for the family, though. Uh, I was talking off mic to Tyler. Our youngest is sick, but our oldest two, uh, we've, I've mentioned them many times here on the podcast, Abby and Toby. Abby, who has been on the podcast a, t- a couple of times, uh, they both had auditions for the fall play this week, uh, yesterday and today, Tuesday and Wednesday, as we were recording. And they both got callbacks and will go back for callbacks on Thursday as I finish editing this. And so by the time this drops on Friday, they will know whether or not they have roles. And if they do, what roles they will have in this fall's play. Nice. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take the optimistic approach because I know they listen every single week, no matter what, our number one fans. <laughs> so, Abby and Toby, congratulations on whatever part you're playing, and you deserve it. That's right. <laughs> what? What's the play this go around? Uh, this year, it's uh, Peter the Starcatcher. It's a, I think I got the title right. It's a uh, pre, uh, not a preview. It's a... Uh, prequel a prequel to peter pan oh okay yes so abby is very much convinced she is going to be reading for the part of one of the children toby has no clue he's just very excited because it's very rare for a freshman with no theater experience to get a call back he's got a dry pan to him that i feel like would be an audience pleaser (laughs) i agree like, Toby kind of appeals to me of, like, he may not do any of the things he's told to do, but he's going to do something that's going to make people laugh and go, dude, did you see that kid? That was so funny. <laughs> he could definitely be that unplanned comic relief. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's new and exciting here in my world. What about uh, what about you over there in Volkland? Well, today is the, as recording, is the first day of school, Uh, so there was just nothing but chaos in our town and in our household trying to 
manage, you know, I worked last night and then trying to get <laughs> home, get him to school at a reasonable time, and then uh, doing an afternoon run, brand new bus, so trying to get that figured out. And on the first day, if anyone out there does anything with buses whatsoever, either you've ridden it, you've driven them, or you just have to deal with the fact your children get picked up or dropped off, you just know the first day is always rough. Like, there's no way around it. It's trying to figure out where the kids are going, what's happening. The afternoon on the first day is always a hot mess. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just dealt with that. (laughs) Then to go to football. (laughs) So... Dealing with little kids doing football. And all of them were just so tired and just so, like, had no energy whatsoever. And the other team just had a few plays where they were able to make do that we just couldn't do. So it's just one of those days. Mm-hmm. At one point, one of the coaches looked at me and said, what do you think? And I go, it's just a bad day. That's all. <laughs> and that happens in sports, you know. Some days you don't have a great day. Um, but that's all right. Because Grayson went to bed pretty quickly when he got home because he's exhausted. So, <laughs> yes, first day of school and football, man. That... <laughs> yeah. So, one last thing is that uh, I took my youngest uh, to the store because he had, I had to get him some baby food and formula and all that jazz and a couple of extra things for dinner. And just, I could tell how grumpy he was because he was not near mom and we're going through a a mommy I need you phase and he wasn't near his brother who he has spent most of his time with over the summer because they went to the same babysitter Mm -hmm. so he was very (laughs) just like almost like didn't want to talk to me like didn't make any noise just constantly looking around like not looking at me i'm like i think he's he's ticked off that i dare take him with me and have a minute <laughs> to with him because i'm not the person he wants to be around right now mm-hmm. <laughs> how dare you yes how dare i well that's just the life of being a dad Yep. You think you're going to have a special moment and it's, oh, do we have to be here? <laughs> oh, well. Exactly. Oh, well, Brett. <laughs> well, things could be worse. I mean, you could try to tell someone you love them but not know their last name. That is true. Very true. <laughs> and that's a, a very, very nice segue into telling you, Tyler, I love you. I love you too, Brett. (laughs) So let's dive into this synopsis of the episode we're going to talk about this week. We're going to look at the third episode of season three. For those of you who like palindromes, that is 303. What I meant to say when Corey tells Topanga, I love you, he earns the ill will of nearly everyone he knows. Sean and Eric know that every girl in the school will now expect to hear those same three words. But, more importantly, Topanga also seems very upset about it and decides to break things off with Corey with no explanation. This episode was written by Mark Blutman and Howard Buskang, directed by David Kendall, uh, first time on Boy Meets World. Uh, he will go on to direct 12 total episodes and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.2. And in our favorite game show, Vast Emotional Damage. That's right. 
vast emotional damage, wherein, if you're brand new, Tyler attempts to guess just what the Nielsen rating was. If you're new to our game show and our podcast, the Nielsen rating system is based upon millions of eyeballs on the TV screen. In the 90s, this was measured by a little box on top of the TV. Now it's based on streaming numbers. And our previous episode, episode two, had 17.4 as the rating number. That's 17.4 million viewers. So Tyler, at the risk of vast emotional damage, what is your guess at the Nielsen rating for what I meant to say? I'm going back to 18. Back up to 18, he says... I need to include a drum roll because the correct answer is 15.4. I'm sorry. I mean, we, half the fun is drop. me getting it wrong every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, another drop by uh, uh, almost just another solid two million. We've we've dropped about four million from the season premiere. Uh, just two episodes in again, like I said last week, not on un, not uncommon in the mid 90s for a Friday night program. If it weren't for TGIF, you wouldn't have any real viewership on Friday nights anyway. So there we go. So, Tyler, take it away go, with, you know, <laughs> just real quick as a side. TV shows nowadays would kill for 15 million. And back then they're like, gosh, this is garbage. Seriously, uh, the CW, which for (laughs) years, their shows to be successful and to brag about the ratings would hit like a million and a half viewers. I mean, that's the that would be their bragging point is a million and a half. They never had a show that even sniffed at these numbers. So, I mean, for these shows in the death slot, that's still really impressive. (laughs) Yeah. So take it away, Tyler. Take us through what I meant to say. Well, we started with a very uncomfortable scene for two adults to be watching. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Corey and, Sh- and Topanga, almost like Corey and Sean, uh, Corey and Topanga, <laughs> just in the back of Chubbies, they're playing a little pool, being flirty. Uh, that doesn't go well because Corey's distracted and making a mess, and so they decide to play darts, and then Corey throws the darts, and <laughs> you hear Ryder Strong very clearly go, ah! <laughs> um, so the fact that, like, Corey didn't realize, I like, Oh, that's definitely my best friend's voice. I should go check on him. <laughs> nope, I'm going to focus on my gal. <laughs> Corey, now admittedly, Corey is very distracted by Topanga. I mean, she's like draped of, off of him this yeah. whole time. So, I mean, I'm going to buy into it. This is hormones raging through Corey, so. <laughs> oh, yes. The the, the power of uh, the dating is, is upon him right now. That's probably the nicest way I can put it. Um, yes. And so they decide, let's just sit down and talk because no one's ever been hurt with words. Of course not. I, I clipped a little bit of their conversation. You want to hear it? Yeah, sure. You know, Corey, I wasn't sure what to expect, but... Moving from friends to boyfriend and girlfriend, 
has been real easy. And fun. I think it's because we've been such good friends for so long. So, Corey, are you feeling what I'm feeling? I think I am. Topanga? Yeah? I love you. Not the response you're looking for when you tell someone you love them for the first time. <laughs> no, but I, I questioned and I was because I was watching with the family and I asked my wife, what is she referring to? Because she says, are you feeling what I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. Which uh, for me, <laughs> I take that as. Oh, I want to deepen this relationship. And my wife goes, mm-hmm. well, maybe that means that she wants to go steady. But I'm like, they're already going steady. <laughs> they said boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, you know, I, I never, I always had problems with making a distinction between boyfriend and girlfriend and going steady. It felt like just an arbitrary distinction because in my head, if you're dating someone, you're dating someone. I always had a problem with uh, dating multiple people at the same time anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what she was expecting for are you feeling what I'm feeling? So unless like she's thinking this is the 80s or the you know very early 90s where you still talked about going steady, like <laughs> I don't know what else she – thought that Corey may or may not be interested in as they are who they are. It, it feels it would feel very outside of her character up to this point for her to expect a more open relationship where they're both dating multiple people. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think this is the 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 key point of our discussion of last year is I think Corey always had this angling of having deeper feelings for her and couldn't put into words what that was. But now that they're together and they're spending time together and they're, you know, just being themselves around each other and being all cutie flirty, he's able to realize, oh, what I'm feeling for her is love. And now I want to express that to her and her being who she is. She'll realize that, yes, she too loves me. And that's why we're so perfect together. And her response is, let's go home. (laughs) Take me home. (laughs) Now I've, I've seen TV and movies where, you know, you've got this, it's kind of a trope where, Uh, Usually the guy says, uh, and it's typically a guy where uh, they've been invested in the relationship longer or they're just uh, they're they're the guy who wear their emotion on their sleeves or they're just overly romantic, however you want to paint it. They'll say, I love you. And they'll hear some variation on nothing or thank you. Or uh, I believe at one point George Costanza said, I love you. And uh, it was to a woman who was deaf in that ear. So there was nothing. Um, said it to a dog once and he got licked. Uh, so it's it's a common trope for this to happen. But for the, the mood to, dr- to change on a, uh, on a dime and to all of a sudden go to, take me home 
that's just uh, that's just a punch in the gut for Corey. <laughs> right. Well, and that's again, this is my pro. I get their teenagers. I get their teenagers. I get their teenagers. But <laughs> this is a show that's established. This girl knows what she wants, and she goes for it. And so the fact that she immediately is like, "I need to leave this place because I need to think about this more," feels inauthentic to the girl that we've always known. And I get it. It's a new season. It's almost a new Topanga. Like, let's have some drama. And we ha- we have to have a problem for the episode to episode and for a teaching moment to teach. Oh my gosh, that's what we need to just start saying is teaching moment that needs to be taught. That's a mouthful. Teaching More moments got to teach. Maybe Eli will give us something smooth to say. We'll see. Maybe, but you know, if you had, if I had done to them, you had done to them. I'd done the same thing to them. Oh man! Because if I had done to me what I did to them, then I'd have done the same thing to me that they did. (laughs) I can't believe you had that ready. So we transition to the school, and uh, Sean's limping. And uh, Corey's a little concerned. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Last night, I'm sitting at Chubby's, right? I'm looking deep into Paula Balboa's chestnut eyes. I lean forward, about to make my move when some Yahoo hits me in the butt with a dart. <laughs> you can see who it was? No. A lot of sick people out there, man. <laughs> So that's the question of, is he ever going to tell his friend that it was him that hit him in the dart? Apparently not. And and Sean never went to look who the Yahoo was either. He was more interested in Paula Balboa and her, her chestnut eyes. That's uh, that's definitely a 90s, you know, insult. I, some Yahoo. Yahoo. <laughs> yep. I still use it from time to time. Uh, I got to get my email from them unlocked so that I can no longer use their email. <laughs> it's been stuck like that for years. They keep saying, get the pay in order to talk to our service people. And I said, no. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. I still use my email account with Yahoo. That's uh, where a lot of my fantasy football gets played these days. <laughs> oh. Hey, one of those teams has been around for 20 plus years. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, anywho, as they're talking, Sean's curious. Hey, how was the night with Topanga? And he just goes, "Great, it was amazing, up until the point that you know something happened." Like what? <laughs> he goes, "Well, I told her that I loved her," and Sean freaks out immediately. <laughs> like you'd have thought that he said fire in a movie theater mm-hmm. like you'd have thought he called in a bomb threat like he used a racial slur like he just he loses <laughs> his mind immediately yeah uh. <laughs> and this is it, it fits sean's character sean has very much become the playboy womanizer you know eventually we'll we'll hear the whole two-week rule he has with girls um not not too long, I believe. But yeah, this idea of dropping uh, dropping the L bombs so soon or even at all is just it's anathema to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it fits. Yes, no, you just you don't you don't use the L word. You don't because mm-hmm. once you do, all of the girls will expect it. Yep, every girl's gonna want to hear it. 
Uh, and I like how Corey Spacusi goes, shh, you're like a stinking canary. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I think in this sense that you mean a parrot. But I mean, Probably. a canary is a, a signal that miners use to indicate problems. So, yeah, because I mean, a canary in a coal mine would indicate there's danger. You know, there's gases if the canary dies. But, you know, canaries also sing loudly and, you know, in, in nature. But still, it's it's still a funny joke. <laughs> Oh, it is. I just like to interpret that he's thinking of the wrong bird. Mm-hmm. That's a more funny it's image John. for me. Uh, but I like how Eric's walking by with a new girlfriend. Yes, he is. And let's talk about this girlfriend, Christy Watson. Uh, or what? She has a last name? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I, I wrote it down anyway. <laughs> uh, played by Anastasia Horn. Uh, first of two appearances on Boy Meets World. Uh, she'll show up again as Christy with a Y. This time it's just with an I. Um, I, I don't know if that means it's the same Christy or if they just decided to have her play a different Christy. We'll see when we get to 318 Life Lessons. Uh, and I'm really interested. I'm blanking now. I'm really curious if she and Eric are dating in 318 again. But uh, she has 13 credits to her name, including Kids Incorporated, Teen Angel, which was also on uh, TGIF very briefly, Port Charles, The Bachelor, the movie with Chris O'Donnell, not the TV show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and others. She has not appeared on screen since 2002. Right now, it's Christy with an I. But yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed uh, when Eric finds out about what Corey said to Topanga, and I clipped that one as well. What could you possibly be thinking? (laughs) Christy's going to expect me to tell her that I love her. Oh, man, I got to do something now. Think. You got to think, Eric. Ow. (laughs) Thinking cramp? Yeah. (laughs) I get those, too. All right. uh, Christy, I love you. Christy, I love you. Christy, I... I don't even know her last name. Great. Think. Ow. Ah, yes, Eric. Doesn't even know Christy's last name. (laughs) No, but this is perfect, Eric. That's for sure. Yes, it is. (laughs) Like, he and Sean both have this tendency to freak out over the smallest things when it comes to girls. Mm -hmm. And this seemed like the perfect thing for him to spiral in. Yes. <laughs> so, and I also just love how domesticated Eric becomes in this episode. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm going to really enjoy talking about that when we get there. <laughs> oh, before I forget, I don't think I mentioned this last time, but my wife did confirm that we are officially in peak Eric hair. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. Oh, and I, I think I, I, think I uh, transposed Watson there uh it's it does not show up on imdb as an actual last name for uh for christy well i mean if it's like the next episode like the next time she appears maybe uh i'm scrolling through here nope just christy and christy uh watson is my mistake so you're just trying to fill in the gap to be a good person i'm just trying to give eric more credit than he deserves i guess (laughs) 
No, it's the writers that don't deserve the credit, except for the fact they needed to be paid the right way if they're writing for sitcoms and streaming services. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> I love this reaction from Eric so much. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the podcast episode where three people freak out about love, and it's not Corey. <laughs> the only one who actually says the words. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I like how uh, Corey tries to ask Sean, like, well, do you think things are going to be fine between me and Topanga? And he goes, fine. She's going to be eating out of the palm of your hand. You told her exactly what she wanted yeah, to hear. Putty in your hand, man. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't think you understand what's actually happening because Topanga wasn't acting like she was super thrilled to hear that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and we really get you're wrong about girl. Yeah, we really get a look at to just how well Sean understands women. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. he understands at a very shallow surface level how to flirt how to impress them but he he clearly does not understand the inner workings of what flays beneath the surface yet right yeah but Topanga enters in and she's acting very for lack of better wording skittish Mm -hmm. and avoids him at all costs and kind of walks away and you're like what are we in right now? A drama? Is this Grey's Anatomy? Like, what's is this Degrassi? <laughs> I was about to make the same comment. It's Degrassi. Definitely not but, the gushing, love struck puppy hanging on Corey's every word. Yeah. But then we have one of the best character introductions this whole show does. <laughs> oh, yes. It's Mr. Eli coming down. I, oh. I, I... Now, I, I say that because we we have met this character for like three seconds before, mm-hmm. and he walked into the scene and he established he knew Sean well, he mm-hmm. knew uh, Turner well, he didn't know Corey well, but he interacted with him just fine. Oh, yeah. So, like, our understanding of who this guy is is very limited right now. All we know is he's a friend of um, Turner's, and that's it, and... All of a sudden, as him walking through the school, you're like, oh, what's he doing here? Yeah. Um, to establishing what this is and who, who, what his role is in the show now. Mm-hmm. And I did. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot. So I did yes. clip this introduction. I figured I'm just talking. Play the clip, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just a second, Jonathan. I got a situation. Yeah, yeah, more than you know. Remember that interview I said was with uh, Mr. Feeney? Yeah, and you know what? I can't wait because the first thing I'm going to do mm. is tell Feeney he's got little mustache men power tripping all over his home. <laughs> Feeney, right? <laughs> Hi. Coffee? And I forgot I didn't clip out the part about the coffee. So I, I apologize, good-looking people. But if you haven't seen it, again, like we've always said, what are you doing listening to us without watching the episode? But Mr. Feeney chasing Eli down the hallway because he snaked his coffee out of the coffee machine and demanding to know, uh, you know, I put my money in and the cup dropped, the coffee poured. How much did you put in? A nickel. 
even in 1995, no one's getting a cup of coffee for a nickel out of an automated coffee dispenser. No, inflation was not good. That is not that different. <laughs> oh, and Mr. Feeney's not letting it go either. He's chasing him down the hallway. I mm. love it. Well, that's the best part is to go, don't think I'll let you get away with that. <laughs> So it's is enjoyable watching Tur- er, Feeney have the same authority over grown men as he does the mm-hmm. students, you know. Because <laughs> like eventually we will see him and Alan have kind of a similar relationship of where he does give advice to Alan because I think as Alan transitions into having mostly teenagers, like he gets lost on how do I handle these guys like. You know, it's not as easy as, you know, throwing the ball with them and talking out their feelings like he doesn't know what to do half the time. So he will Mm -hmm. actually go to him for advice and they'll talk things out. And uh, so to see him (laughs) doing what he does to another grown man is quite wonderful. I love it. What? Hey, Captain, what is your beef? (laughs) My beef, Captain, is that you just snaked my coffee. Then we have a really interesting scene uh, between Sean and Corey. (laughs) Because Sean finds Corey. Somehow he had time to go get flowers. I'm well, we've seen them have an open lunch period where Corey has had time to leave campus and go to a frozen yogurt shop last season. So I'm guessing there's a flo- that, was, that was one episode, man. <laughs> one episode. I will not accept that as an option. I'm, I'm just trying to make episode episoding work because clearly we're not even to the lunch period yet. So I don't know. Right. Uh, and there's not a, there's not gonna be a florist in I mean, the episode. Technically, he could have <laughs> called in for flowers to be s- delivered there. Yeah, he could just have flowers ready to go just in case. Yeah, it it's it's definitely a, a case of some episodes gonna episode doing a little lifting. Maybe he here. got some wild flowers, you know, during gym class. Who knows? Maybe he keeps a bouquet in his locker. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Sean grabs him and he's about to pull him into the classroom, except he grabs the flowers and hands him (laughs) off to a random student. Not just any student, a jock. A jock. (laughs) But he bum rushes Corey to do it, too. It's like try. It's like jumping on a grenade. (laughs) But like the jock seemed like appreciative of the gesture and he like did. Hey, he felt thanks, man he felt appreciated he felt loved yeah. <laughs> he felt seen maybe you know yes <laughs> so they're in the classroom and he's going through show me what you did show me what happened mm-hmm. and <laughs> they're going through the date almost exactly how it went um and sean realizes that she never said it back, so all the power is in Corey's hand. Yeah, and it's it's that piece of information that was missing, the puzzle piece that Sean did not have. And it's, it's an interesting theory that all the power is is in in Topanga's court now, because Sean's experience with with relationships is definitely one based on power. The The closest relationship he has seen growing up is between his parents. 
whether it's Chet and Verna or Chet and someone else, it's a power struggle. It's who, who brings home the most money. It's who can provide the most, uh, presence. It's presence as in I'm here, not presence under the tree. It's, it's who can be in the most power position. And this is what he's grown up seeing. And I'm sure the rest of his extended family is the same. And so this is what he knows. And so it makes sense to me that this is what he comes up with. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Like, there's no way that his father has shown him healthy ways of communicating with women. Mm hmm. On the same token, Alan has shown his son healthy ways of communicating, but he's also chosen to not accept those. So, <laughs> you know, you deal with what you got. <laughs> um, but then we have uh, I forgot to mention that after the scene with uh, Feeney uh, yelling at the boys that uh, they go ahead and uh, Eli comes out of the meeting with Feeney and he's all distraught and he's like, I didn't kill anyone. <laughs> I stole his coffee. I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> and Turner lays out to him of, I think you would make him great media arts teacher. That's mm -hmm. why I wanted you to meet with Feeney. And he goes, oh, yeah, but you know, that's not going to happen. And then Feeney ghostly appears. Mm -hmm. Does he always him, do that? <laughs> yeah, just tells him you have actual experience. That would be beneficial for my students. I want you in here and I want you teaching them. Mm -hmm. And I, I really appreciate Eli's passion. And I, I hinted, I hinted earlier this season when we first met Eli in the season premiere that I love his character, but his passion and his, his life experience is one of the things that I love outside of the fact that I love Alex Desaire as an actor, but that's what got me fired from producing the six o'clock news. I'm trying to show people what's really going on with the slum Lords in Philadelphia and the station manager saying, well, let's see more of that woman that walks to work naked. This passion that Eli has with finding truth and and sharing truth. He wants to get past fluff. He wants to he he wants to communicate truth wherever it is. In that instance that got him fired, it was it was exposing what was going on and was harming a segment of the city that he cared about. And we don't we don't ever really get any deep backstory as to where Eli came from. In my head canon, maybe that's an area of the town that he even grew up in. Who knows? But yep. his passion, his heart is to find truth and bring it to light. And that's one yep. of the reasons I love Eli. And I'm so glad that they added him to the cast this season. Me too. Um, but then we get a great scene. Because those two walk in of Turner and uh, <laughs> Eli, and Amir goes, Hunter Matthews, stand up. I didn't do it. Stand up. I, I clipped this introduction because <laughs> it just makes me laugh out loud every time. Matthews, Hunter, stand up. I didn't do it. Get up. <laughs> Hunter, who's your best friend? You are, sir. <laughs> Matthews, who's your best friend? 
Sean is. And what do we do to people who mess with our best friends? Kill them. <laughs> All right. And with that, I would like to introduce Mr. Eli Williams, your new media arts teacher and my best friend. Mess with him and die. Mess with him and die. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> Couldn't make it any simpler. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how Sean though is like, you are no, sir, sir, thinking that like he's. I'm looking. He's looking for some sort of a uh, of a trick answer there. <laughs> right. And <laughs> uh, this also leads into one of my favorite moments in the episode when he's like, "All right, go ahead, tell him, tell him what's happening." And he's like, "I guess I'm here to help." you guys learn how to figure out what the truth is. And immediately Corey ends up having this outburst in class. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, where is it? Eli says, I guess if nothing else, I'm here to teach you to find the truth in the media because if there's a difference between what they say and what is real. And Turner, he's smiling. He says, that's very good. And he tells him, watch this. He says, Hunter, what did he just say? Something about Israel. <laughs> he says, and Turner goes, isn't that great? <laughs> and so Eli goes on. I mean, let's face it. TVs and newspapers are not always honest. And without honesty, well, you're nowhere. And Corey's outburst is honest. Let me tell you a little story about a kid from Philly who was honest. You see, he said what was in his heart. And then the... And that's when he realizes that he's standing up in the middle of class going off on a teacher he just met <laughs> as a teacher. Uh -huh. oh, I'm sorry. Was that out loud? <laughs> yeah. I, it's like he almost has a break in his understanding of reality. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm definitely doing this out loud. <laughs> uh, I guess we forgot to mention, Brett, is that Topanga attempts to break up with Corey in the cafeteria. We were talking about the cafeteria, which is why we skipped over it. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, in the cafeteria, she tries to break up with him. And thus is like right after that. Uh, mm -hmm. So, quote unquote, uh, Corey and Topanga have broken up. And now Corey is devastated. He's emotional. And Sean is upset because his theories are wrong, apparently. Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And then we get into this whole, <laughs> did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> news as well. Okay. Back to Israel. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But either way, so much happens in this day at school. It's just intense. It's, it's a jam-packed day. Uh -huh. uh, it, it really is. There's so much. <laughs> well, I like how he gets home and his mom's like, uh, Corey, dinner was a half hour ago. Yeah, it was delicious, mom. <laughs> yeah. And oh, I, this this is one of my favorite uh conversations that Corey will have with Amy throughout the entire run just the comedic timing the the deadpan expression Corey has he's just focused in on his own story 
Amy is just listening and taking everything in and she's in, she's on her own level hearing what she is. She's only taking in the information he's providing and he she's not getting any real context beyond the words he's sharing. And I clipped it because it, like I said, it is one of my favorites uh, throughout <laughs> the entire series just for sheer comedy. See, last night I was out with Topanga. We were having a really nice time, so I figured why not go for it? Go for it? For what, what are you saying? I went too far with Topanga. Oh my God. How did this happen? She looks so pretty, Mom, and there we were all alone in the back room at Chubby's. No, that's not what happened. Well, all right then. Look, I, I just told Topanga I loved her, and she didn't feel the same way. That that broken cup is it just it seals it. I mean, everything else up to that moment is gold, but that broken cup sends it over the top because it breaks Corey out of what he, where he is and realizes I've really not given the right context for this. <laughs> Uh huh. Well, and the other thing too is this is a great moment between the two of them. And in past seasons, they would go past the joke, and then here is now Amy who's going to explain to him what's happening and how he should feel about things. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that's a little sad that we're not getting that moment because, you know, mm -hmm. parenting for the win. Yeah. But. You know, there's a great moment that comes a little bit later, and I feel like Amy would have given similar advice, probably a little better advice, but, you know, would Corey have listened? Maybe not. Uh, considering where Corey is and with the last episode where his response to Amy was, women just bring you heartache, he might have a little hard time listening to Amy and what she might say. Yeah, I'm with you though. I, I really would have loved. I really that's, would have loved if Eric saying. didn't interrupt. I would interrupt. love for them to have that moment, <laughs> but would Corey have actually listened? Mm -hmm. Is Corey actually going to respect her opinion? I don't know right now. Yeah, I like to head canon that after Eric and Christy have walked through the kitchen, that Amy offered some some advice. Yeah, yeah. But Eric and Christy do interrupt and come into the kitchen. <laughs> After they've gone to, and that's the thing is that she does. Co they come and interrupt in this from, new blossoming, <laughs> loving couple that openly says, "I love you." From Pottery Barn, Pottery Barn. <laughs> Show them the ceramic cat later. Gonna make you eat that ceramic cat. Wash it down with the napkin holders. Uh, Gonna make you eat that cat. <laughs> and wash it down with the napkin holders. <laughs> Uh, I love you, Christy. <laughs> She's like, I love you, Eric Matthews. It's oh, like, yeah. how don't you know her name? <laughs> Learn her name. <laughs> Learn her name. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can add that in post. 
I hope so. Learn her name! But yes, but we can go forward to them being at Chubby's maybe the day later, maybe the same day. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't fully matter. But Corey and Sean are just hanging out, and Sean's trying to encourage him. Like, hey, buddy, that relationship's done, but, you know, maybe there's other girls out there, and, you know, stop thinking about her. And then we get this nice headshot of Sean's mouth coming out of Topanga's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's some nice camera work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's the same day cuz Corey's wearing the same shirt and Sean uh, Sean looks like he has honestly Sean looks like he's wearing the same shirt, different vest, but he looks like he's wearing yeah. the same shirt underneath, so yeah. Well, then now Eli has to come down to Chubby's because every cool new teacher has. Uh, sorry, every groovy teacher has <laughs> to. Groovy uh, new teacher. Yeah, the food's not that bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's what we need: groovy teacher shirts. <laughs> groovy new teacher. <laughs> Earring boy. Um. Yeah, but he's trying to say, hey, you know, I like to come here. Te- kids are here. You know, if they got something going on, they can come approach me. It's a little more casual, like, mm-hmm. and I get to look out for them. Yeah, he makes himself available for them. Yeah, yeah. which is actually a really cool thing. Like, mm-hmm. that is something that is really admirable about him because he doesn't have to do that. He could easily go yeah. anywhere else to get food, literally any other part of town. He could go to a different school district, like... The fact he wants to invest in his students' life is quite admirable. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Until he's on the other side of the school. <laughs> and then then he doesn't make himself available to his students anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But Eli sees Corey. Hey, hey, there's that weird little kid. That, there's that weird kid that freaked on me during class. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he, the writers forgot that. Corey and Eli have met each other, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Let's just say this is the first time they really talk to each other. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't really... The one episode we saw them, they didn't really interact, so I mean... That's true. Yeah. Um, although these two have a kinship that's different than what he has with Feeney and Turner both, so... Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the clipping of their conversation? I, I did clip it, Yes. Freaking out stuff. That was just for the new guy. Sorry about that. I started having a bad day. Really? Because you hide us so well. See, I told my girlfriend I loved her and she dumped me. But I, I shouldn't have said anything. Well, didn't you mean it? No, of course I meant it. She knows that. Then you got nothing to apologize for. Yeah, I got nothing. No girlfriend, no jean jacket. Why did she break it up? She didn't say. All she said was, it's over. But what I can't figure out is... Look, I know she cares about me, too. Sounds like she's not being honest. There's more story out there. Go find it. It's to you. She won't come back to me. Yeah, maybe not. But without the truth, you got nothing. And without your jacket, you're just cold. That's wise words from from Eli. I mean, he really did manage to connect with Corey on his own level in 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 language from his own field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the way he makes it sound is if you you're a reporter, you got 
a story you need to get the whole answers to and you better go get it mm-hmm. so yeah no I, I i like the way he addresses him and there's a kind of a directness that he has with him that other teachers don't have because he's not really a trained teacher mm-hmm. yeah and i i like that he doesn't offer any any false hope either because Corey yeah. at the end of the conversation there Corey says what's the use she won't come back to me and he says yeah maybe not but without the truth you got nothing and without your jacket well you're just cold yeah. his his point in telling Corey to go talk to Topanga isn't to try and fix their relationship and get them back together his point is telling Corey to go find out why what's mm-hmm. what's the reason what's the truth behind this you don't have an answer. You know, there's a story yeah. behind all this. Go figure it out so mm. that you have an answer. Well, I now have thought that maybe Amy wouldn't give this exact advice as what uh, Eli is giving because she probably could have said something ineffective. Well, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. And you just have to leave it at that sometimes. Well, she very well may have. You know. And maybe Eli's the only one that was going to talk to him this way to help him to go have the courage to mm-hmm. go break into her house, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if Corey tried to knock on the front door or if he just went straight for the tree and Sean's been rubbing off on him. Could be. I mean, Corey's dangerous as long as he's not too close to Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of kind of becomes meek Corey when he's around Sean. He's got to be the good guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got to balance himself out a little bit. But yeah, we get to uh, Topanga's room for the first time, weirdly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey's confronting her. Like, here's my jean jacket. I'm going to go. And then it's, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I like Topanga's response of, I was scared. Scared of what these feelings are because you know, she's well, she says we're only 14, although Sean's 15, so maybe he's just a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But you know, regardless, we're teenagers, we're in ninth grade, these are really intense emotions. Mm-hmm. How can we possibly know that these are the real emotions? Mm-hmm. Now, did you clip this part with the whole? I did, yes. I, I'm, get, I'm starting to guess of what of what part you actually clip and what you don't. So, yeah, I tried to I tried to pick some of the big parts here. Corey, we were only six. Who cares? How could you know then? I'm not even sure I know what I love you means now. Look, all I know is you and I belong together. I mean, I've always been able to to talk to you, to make you laugh. And I've always, always wanted to take care of you. All right. I've been completely honest with you. So, I got my jean jacket, so I'll leave you alone. So that's what I love you means? Yeah. Corey? I love you too. And that's Corey's definition of love. Mm -hmm. That he feels that they belong together. He's always been able to talk to her to make her laugh. And he's always wanted to take care of her. And when he boils it down, 
that's his definition of what I love you means. Yeah. Pretty powerful. I like, cause they always allude that Topanga is smarter than Corey. Topanga is better than Corey. Topanga has to win at everything. And I feel like it's one of those moments where Corey is helping her to be better, not just him, her helping him all the time be better. Um, because it feels like even though she used to be a free spirit and maybe, you know, dad has a little more money than we thought, um, you know, maybe she hasn't fully grasped what I love you could mean in the context of them. Because there, there is a giant difference between when you say I love you to a person in high school, college, when you get married... <laughs> When you've been married for 10 years, when you've been married for 20 years, like, I love you. The words don't change, but the meanings behind them change. Um, like, I often try to tell my wife, like, when I say I love you, I mean, I am so thankful that you put up with me, <laughs> that you still choose to put up with me, and you've blessed me with three beautiful babies, I said, everything I have is because of you, and I'm so grateful to you, and I wish I could make you feel the way you make me feel. Um, and I try the best I can to communicate those things, but she's not enough words of affirmation person, so she doesn't always hear that whenever I use the words. I have to do different things. <laughs> but yeah, for, for high schoolers, this is a pretty intense thing to happen pretty quickly, but also these two have known each other for long enough that this doesn't feel out of left field. Maybe for Eric and Christy. <laughs> I don't know. They, they did go to pottery barn, pottery barn. Yeah. With, with Corey and Topanga, it's, I mean, if, if, if you've gone through the series, you know that eventually the writers will retcon that they didn't just meet in sixth grade, that they've, went on walks together in their strollers and it was only for a period that a uh, stretch of like six years when uh, Corey believed Eric when he told him that you couldn't have a best friend that was a girl that he turned against her um, and that these two were basically destined to be together from infancy um, and you know we see a flashback where Corey and Topanga are pretty much a married couple when they're five, and Sean has to save him out of the, uh, uh, out of a, a zoo pit. So I mean, in in the in the life of the series, it's not really, it's not really a shock. I will say it is a very intense emotional uh, push for a lot of adolescent relationships to have this kind of emotion at play mm -hmm. um, especially during the sturm and drang that is high school <laughs> 14 yep. year old emotions are are hard enough to navigate on their own for an individual much less trying to figure out what does it mean to love someone else much less figure out how to love myself and appreciate who I am. And so yeah. even though we both find it to be a little bit out of character for Topanga through much of this episode to see her pull back all of a sudden and 
uh, for someone who knows what she wants and how she wants it and when she wants it for the first two seasons, um, there is a lot of reality to this in that as a 14 year old to all of a sudden be shown this much emotional passion at once, it can be scary. Mm-hmm. Well, and when we get to the episodes of Corey and Topanga's really intense relationship episodes, I think we're going to have some interesting conversations and takes about this that up until a few years ago, I would not have had. <laughs> uh, but we go to the close of the episode, and Eric's trying to, I don't know, talk to Christy about taking their I love you status back down to I like you status. Um <laughs> And he's trying to say how it saying I love you broke up Corey and his girlfriend and he's miserable and he's a mess. And then she sees the two of them walk out of the house hip to hip. And Corey says, hey, I'm taking Topanga home and I'm taking the long way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My son. My son. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And Eric immediately goes, Pottery Barn? I love you, Eric Matthews. (laughs) Yes. And we end on the famous words, and I love you, Chrissy. Uh, <laughs> fade to black and we don't know what, what to make of yeah. Eric and Christy until yeah. maybe episode 18 <laughs> yeah. you know I'll tell you what again Eric wouldn't be in this mess if he just stayed with Linda agreed agreed <laughs> I like Linda <laughs> uh, well Brett we, we talk, got a little mushy with our uh, with some uh some the words of love and what it means what if we get some perspective from some other people who understand what it means to love and how much they love this relationship of Corey and Topanga that's a lot of love let's hear from it <laughs> <laughs> we are joined right now by the lovely moms of dad's meat world moms can you introduce yourself again I'm Sarah I'm Kelly uh, thank you for coming back with us. Uh, we're talking about episode one, season three, and you girls just rewatched uh, the episode uh, for the first time in a while. We did. So, I just watched it last week with you. So for the first time in a while. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you come on quite often. And we, we like talking about, you know, the female perspective of what's going on. So how did you two feel about... Corey and Topanga, and how they finally became a couple. And just for the good-looking people at home, uh, Kelly does have a six-month-old baby in her lap. I do. So she may be a little distracted. A a little bit. (laughs) Aunt Kelly needs some baby time. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, I enjoy that episode and how they get together. Uh, I'm also a big fan of uh, Brittany Murphy. Oh, and, yes. And her trainee uh, in the Boy Meets World. I wish there's more of her. But, uh, yeah. That's fair. Kelly, what did you feel? 
or think? Um, I enjoyed the episode. I honestly felt really bad for Corey through it because he was obviously going through a lot of emotional turmoil. But at the end, you can definitely see that that's the only way he would have actually asked Topanga out. Betrayal from his best friend. Yeah, (laughs) he had to get angry about it. (laughs) So do you girls feel like uh, the way they represented Topanga in this episode was fair and accurate? I mean, I want to know more from her perspective. Like, I get it's Boy Meets World, but, you know, did she know about the plan? Was she going along with it? If not, why did she agree to go out with Sean? So I have some follow up questions with that as to her involvement in this whole scenario. But and also, if she did know. I don't know if I I don't like I don't know if I like it if she knows or, you know. Yeah, I kind of feel like I don't want her to know because she's has such high integrity. Right. And always but it also like bothers me if she doesn't know, because like. They tricked her too. Yeah. And Sean, like, why does she agree to go out with Sean? Like, right. When she clearly doesn't, like, Sean's just a friend, not like. Well, did she agree to go on a date with Sean or just go as friends to go see a movie because Corey didn't ask her and she didn't want another boy to ask her? I don't. I still don't like it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Especially because he put his arm around yeah, her. Yeah, like she was doing she the tic tac thing. Yeah, like, she was going along. They're walking real close together. They're like, holding hands on the way out. Yeah, so like all of the things, like I don't think I don't think I like it if she doesn't know either. Right. Now, do you feel like Corey treated Trini okay, or what did you feel about that? <laughs> I feel like Corey needs to work on his communication skills. <laughs> uh, because he can't uh, seem to uh, tell anybody the truth or how he feels because he even agrees to go with Trini. Yeah, when and, she was. Oh, you're asking yeah. me out. <laughs> We're going in for a kiss, like. He he really needs to work on his communication skills. Yeah, he's definitely a teenage boy. <laughs> Brett, do you have any follow-up questions for the girls? If you could give Corey one piece of advice, what would it be? Other than communicate. You gotta be honest. You gotta tell people what you feel. You can't you gotta communicate. That's I mean, it is really it. Also, be nicer to Trini. <laughs> <laughs> yes, be nicer to Trini. Because that's like your that. girlfriend's best friend who is only around for a few episodes. <laughs> oh, still too bad she, she didn't catch on in the yeah. writing of the series. Uh, one piece of advice to Corey. <laughs> the old ketchup pro. The old what? Ketchup pro. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when she sticks her finger in it, like, she's going to eat it. Hmm. Sarah already said it. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of something else. I would like to say Brittany Murphy is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely is. It made me want to go watch Clueless, too. Am I allowed to plug that in a Boy Meets World podcast? 
You can. If we don't like it, we'll just cut it out. Okay, cool. <laughs> also, you should watch the Brittany Murphy documentary. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's okay. We plug a lot of stuff that's not by Meets World, so. Her death yeah. is a conspiracy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Good looking people. Henry has found the mic cord. <laughs> so, what grade would you give this episode? think like there's not even the i enjoy the subplot of this movie too like with the uh, eric and uh frankie and joey it's, it's a really good frankie and joey episode where they're they've got some good comedic chops in it I, i'm gonna give it an a fair nice i like that um i would give it a b just because i don't like the whole Corey being sad the whole episode <laughs> but as an episode itself it was i think it was really well written uh, the comedic timing was awesome on everybody's part i love the b story and even the mm-hmm. c story with turner and what's his face eli eli mm-hmm. um and just the uh Sean living with Turner, getting a little mm-hmm. glimpse into that too. So it, I think, as an episode, uh, I need to change my grade to an A because they did a really <laughs> good job. They did, they did, they did a good job with all of those three yep. elements. Used in like emotionally story. how you felt watching Corey be in right. turmoil. Yes. felt bad for Corey, but it's a really well written yeah. episode. Right, <laughs> they came out swinging the first episode of the third season. They now- sure did. They sure did. Now, just as a quick aside, uh, how did the two of you feel about the whole Sean and Turner living together situation? How did it feel in this episode? I mean, I appreciated that um, Turner was trying to, you know, set down the boundaries because, you know, summer was obviously different than the school year. Like the, well, I live with the teacher now, so I don't have to. I can just get a note (laughs) and the note is no way. (laughs) Yes. That was really good. And Sean going to school in his pajamas. Right. (laughs) Somehow he had a change of clothes. Well, no, he had a, he had an overshirt, but he's still walking around wearing those red striped pants. That's right. So he took off (laughs) the robe. Like those silk red striped pants. (laughs) That was great. And now it's normal to go to school in your pajama pants. That's right. right. Corey going on a job interview and Sean rolling out of bed. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and there's a true delineation now of the Corey of Sean, or the Corey of Sean, the character of Sean and the character of Corey. And they're in their lanes and almost the lanes are going to be in for the rest of the show. Yeah. Because up until this point, the two of them are kind of hodgepodge back and forth on who is the instigator, who is the one getting them into trouble and who's trying to get them out of trouble. Yeah, definite. They're definitely going from tween to teen. Teenager. Teenager. Season. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have real, more real emotions besides like girl. (laughs) Like their emotions are becoming complex. Pretty girl. Girl. 
girl, right there, right there. It's, it's like an inside out. Girl, girl, warning, <laughs> warning. Uh, so what lesson do you think you may have learned from this episode? Or what's something that was like a reminder of? Communication. <laughs> That's a good one. Good, like a good lesson? Say, say what you need to say. Set boundaries. Communication. That's what I stand by. Um, meet your friends where they're at meet people in your life where they're at because obviously Corey needed a little push to get out of himself and get out of his head so even though I don't necessarily agree with the tactics that were taken Corey (laughs) needed something he definitely needed the push Uh right well we just want to thank you ladies for hopping on with us once again We always appreciate you coming on and giving your mom opinions. Indeed. Um, So, Brett, is there anything else you want to ask the ladies or? When should we expect uh, Mom's Meat World? Not ever. (laughs) I mean, it would be a very informative podcast that we would do because... I mean, we would probably dive into the child psychology yes, behind yes. all of the, <laughs> like just all of the characters. Yeah. So if you're interested in hearing a Mom's Me World podcast or exclusive Patreon, uh, sound off uh, in the comments and let us know. So if you pay, we'll do it. <laughs> if you pay, we will come. <laughs> all right. That's all I've got. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, moms. Well, thank you, ladies. <laughs> well, There's Brett, a school bell. <laughs> I, th- I think we need to get to uh, some deep dives. I agree. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? So let's start with darts because we'll get to pool later on this season. So we don't need to tackle pool right now. But darts is a classic bar game. It is that game where you have the little darts. (laughs) Little darts. (laughs) Anywho, you got the board, you got different points on it, and most people know you get into the center, that's a bullseye. Bullseye! But there's other points along the way as well that'll help you that I don't fully understand. Darts, a dartboard, originated from the United Kingdom. To what I'm seeing. The original target in the game is likely have been a section of a tree trunk. It's circular shape, concentric ring giving uh, rise to a standard dartboard pattern in use today. An older name for dartboard is butt. <laughs> the word comes from the French word butt, meaning target or goal. <laughs> we are so mature. <laughs> Standard numbered point system is a tribute to a Lanashire carpenter, I wonder what that is, named Brian Gamlin, who devised it in 1896. First time it was played was considered 1860. There's there's a lot of different stuff to go into it. The main reason why I wanted to have at least a little bit of information about this sucker is because I feel like everyone sees a dartboard and goes, oh yeah, dartboard. And everyone thinks, oh, I can get a bullseye. And most often they can't. 
like we had a plastic one for a while that we literally put like so many holes into our wall because we just were always missing. It's mostly that I feel like we need to discuss the fact of Chubby had a dartboard that was at a spot that someone easily could have gotten hit with a dart and that felt kind of foolish and felt irresponsible. I agree. <laughs> I can't believe that's not the first that's the first person that's ever been hit like that. So here's just some advice on high school relationships that uh, I think you and I will have some fun with, mostly because a lot of this has to do with love. First thing is understanding the difference between love and infatuation. Basically of, yes, you could be in love with someone or you're just really, really like them and are really attracted to them and that's all it is. It's not actually a deeper, meaningful thing. It's just you like the idea of them, but maybe, you know aren't in love with them. Take it slow. People go way too fast and make really poor choices, and then they have to live with those consequences. There's many a consequences you can get from taking things way too fast. Don't get emotionally stuck into a relationship. I think what this is referring to is you may be in a relationship with somebody and you're like, well, I don't think I actually want to be in a relationship with them, but you fear for them and you're like, oh, if I break up with them, how is this going to impact them? How is this going to affect them? And you can be guilted into staying longer than you should be staying. Think really carefully before you get physical. Again, kind of the same thing of not rushing. Physical is physical is physical. And I'm going to leave it at that. You have to be careful. It's okay to say no. Understanding your boundaries is the way I interpret that. Because if you don't say, this is my boundary, then they can't respect it or disrespect it. And whether someone respects or disrespects your boundaries is all a part of how committed they are to you as a person. Understanding a commitment at this age doesn't necessarily last. Just understand the fact that you're in high school and you're just having fun with another person and it's in this time and that's all it is. I've actually, fun fact, reached out to girlfriends over the past two years because I was doing a message where I went through my dating history and I tried to apologize to a couple of them and they both were like, yeah, no, you were fine. I have nothing but fond memories of you. I was like, okay, good. You don't remember when I was a total jerk. Good to know. Communication and understanding is important. Understanding who the person you're dating is and communicating what the things you are feeling and, and what is going on. So if someone feels that they love someone, communicate that. If you have two people that are in two different uh, sections, that's not really healthy. So if one person feels much more deeply than the other person does, then that's not good. And I've been on both scales of that. I've said, I love you too quickly, or someone else said, I love you too quickly to me. And both of those are not good. Don't let them pressure you into anything. Again, it's kind of the taking it slow uh, and understanding of don't ever let peer pressure in your own relationship be the thing that drives the things in your relationship. Let things happen naturally. Don't let things occur just because you feel like you're supposed to. We'll get there eventually season five. That's going to be a Nick Nick cut episode. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. Don't fall, <laughs> rise. That's a weird one. If your relationship is good, you won't fall in love. You will rise. Basically, it's just a semantic argument of you're not falling for someone. You're rising with somebody. Basically, elevating each other is what I'm hearing. And last, you don't have to be in one. Dear friends, just because we have notions of relationships being the the be-all, end-all of everything, most often, if people are honest, the times they had the most fun in high school was probably when they weren't with a significant other that they broke up with eventually. For those that are lucky enough to meet someone in high school and marry that person, I know a few. 
that's great. And I'm sure they had a good time. But, you know, for me, like my senior year, I was single the whole time and I had a good senior year. It was great. And I wasn't distracted by a girlfriend. So I was able to focus on the things I wanted to focus on and do the things I wanted to do, which was nice. I spent a lot of time playing uh, video games and uh, hanging out with two adorable children who are now teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) And making fun videos that are still on YouTube somewhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about ceramics and specifically ceramic mugs and understanding of how easily they break. Ceramic mugs are fired in a high temperature. The layers make them strong and heavy at the same time. Having two ceramic layers allows the mugs to keep anything in it warm for a long time, but the added weight is a drawback, especially if the mug has a handle. The weight of the mug often causes the mug to break from its holder, and as hard as a ceramic can be, it can still break if it crashes into something hard or falls on the floor. If you keep this from happening, the ceramic mug can last a decade or more. If you plan to use ceramic mugs for heating in a microwave or baking, bake mug cakes it is best to go in a high heat resistant or oven proof ceramic mug. If not, the microwave or the oven temperatures can crack and break it easily. There you go. So you gotta get the specific mugs for the specific things. I couldn't find like mugs in the 80s, how easy they were to break or how much pressure there you need to, in order to break a mug. Because every time I try to look up anything about mugs, I just kept getting ads for mugs, which is really annoying. I was able to find a little bit, but you know, the results were varying of 300 to 500 PSIs or I saw one that was like 10,000 PSI. I'm like, these are very different numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard hard to break ceramics and these type of dishes, but I think Amy was under a lot of stress, and uh, I don't doubt that she would have the strength to potentially break it if she was nervous for one of her babies. She was worried one of her babies was making babies. You know, a question can easily come up, Brett. How is it possible that Eli, who does not have a teaching certificate, how is he able to become a teacher at the school? What's the deal with that? And I did find some resources, but I'm just going to talk frank. So here, here's the deal, people. I don't know about the 90s, because every time I try to look up something about the 90s, it's like, you want to find a t-shirt from the 90s? And it's like, no, <laughs> stop trying to sell me, Google. Here's what I know about today. Today, like, you can be a substitute teacher with just a uh, college degree. A bachelor's degree, you can go out and substitute teach because you have what's called an emergency substitute license. If someone, say, with actual experience in a field, say, uh, auto mechanic, carpentry, you know, they can apply for a specific type of license that they can get where because of the experience they have, they is the sim it's the same as if they went out for education essentially. And they would end up doing some classes to kind of help 
just an understanding of how to do classwork. And they have like a test that they have to do in order to say that they are competent in the field, that they could be competent in the classroom. And a lot of it comes down to if a school recommends them for that. So Mr. Williams would have the credentials required in the field that he would be teaching about. Now, if they put him in a math field, could he actually teach it? No. But could he stand in the room? Yeah. I couldn't teach a subject whenever I was substitute teaching, but I could stand in the room and give a guess for people of what they were doing. You know, layman's terms, is this a real thing? Yeah, it is. Would a school do this with media arts? I don't know. But, you know, this is Feeney we're talking about. Feeney does whatever Feeney feels like. Is it a huge stretch that Feeney would hire someone to be a media arts teacher for a year? No. Not if he thought it, felt it would uh, benefit his students. So, yeah, it's possible that he could be like a, almost like an emergency, get like an emergency certification, and they could work on him being considered a full-blown teacher. Now, I will say that a lot of times with these type of situations, they may not be paid the same as regular teachers, and also they may not even fit the criteria right away to be a part of the teacher's union. So... That's all things that come into play as well. So, but for Eli, for him, it's just a job. So what does he care? It's not out of the question for him to be able to do that. I actually have a friend who went to school for education, has a teaching certificate in Pennsylvania, but also is a mechanic on the side and could easily become the new shop teacher when that becomes available. But he would have to give up his teaching certificate in order to be able to teach automotive. Interesting. Yeah. So, Brett, I think it's time for us to address the elephant in the room of the 90s, and that is denim. Because as you know, denim was everywhere in the 90s. So I thought the first thing that we needed to do was address to jeans itself, okay? Where'd it come from? How'd that all happen? So the birth of jeans apparently was May 20th, 1873. Back in uh, the day, the uh, mid-1980s to be exact, basically they were referred to as uh, waist overalls. They were all the rage, but not because they were the style, but rather practical the brainchild of the business businessman levi strauss and taylor jacob davis blue jeans combined uh material rivets to denim trousers to create a durable uniform that stood up to the rough and tumble work of the 49ers so the gold rush not the football team workwear as we knew it was revolutionized and it would never be the same so basically if we go through all the different gaps of time in the early 1990s you got you know a lot of workers using denim jeans like miners as we said before but also cowboys and basically every labor force out there is using them in some way shape or form a lot of like craftsmen and whatnot those type of things basically the type of people that were wearing them back then wear them now (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) except nowadays we call those work jeans (laughs) But as time progressed, uh, especially in the 60s, uh, we started getting more design in our our jeans, uh, like the flower pattern power. 
What made jeans cool, though, was in the 1950s with uh, James Dean coming on the scene and really apparently making it uh, jeans something, you know, for the youth to collab onto. Then we have the 1960s, flower power, getting more designs in our jeans and creativity. So the 1980s is when the designer denim was truly born. A 15-year-old Brooke Shields starred in a Calvin Klein commercial saying, nothing comes between me and my Calvins. Um, Jeans were starting to become a much bigger deal. And essentially from what I found is one of the reasons that... Oh, sorry. We need to backtrack for a moment because the next thing is about... So hold the pin because we're about to the 90s. Because now we have to go into the double denim of... Why the heck were people in the 90s all of a sudden wearing denim pants and also denim uh, jackets? And Brett, would it surprise you if I told you that uh, the 90s was not the first generation of uh, denim? No, it would not. (laughs) Yeah, because in the 1950s is when double denim really started. And you had some famous people, uh, Marilyn Monroe, George Harrison... Elvis Presley, all these people were were rocking the double denim, you know, it was more their casual look, you know, it wasn't their outperforming type looks. And then apparently in the 1970s, you had the Canadian tuxedo is what it was referred to. And you had a lot of cowboys and gold miners, 49ers, back to that, they were rocking the double denim, 1980s. You know, big hair, neon colors, side ponytail, but also people were wearing uh, double denim again, but a little more Madonna uh, was spotted wearing a light blue denim shorts and a black tee with an oversized denim dark blue jacket. So like there's a little bit more of like it looks different. So I don't think we noticed it. But then in the 90s, we had... (laughs) Like, almost same pattern of pants and same pattern of denim jackets. And one of the reasons that it was so popular, you guessed it, famous people wore it. And if famous people wear it, other people, normal people will wear it. Now, let's just throw out some names that I saw as to who was wearing double denim in the 90s. Heidi Klum, Brad Pitt, Drew Barrymore... Tyra Banks, Johnny Depp, Britney Spears, Pamela Anderson, Naomi Campbell, and Justin Timberlake. Any of those names sound familiar to you, Brett? (laughs) Oh, very familiar. Yeah. So it's just, it's one of those trends that just became super popular because it was in the young culture, pop culture zeitgeist, and it was just fashionably acceptable. It's like the fedora all of a sudden being on every single person's head in the early 2000s. <laughs> and one of the things I looked up is is basically from the fashionistas I was reading on, they were like, listen, double denim has basically always been around at this point, and it will continue to be around. It's just not really a trend from one decade. It's, a, it's always around, and it's just always going to be around because you can do it different ways. But the way that they did it in the 90s apparently is now coming back. <laughs> Yeah, just so you know, uh, all good-looking young people, any and all fashion you have, someone else wore it before you, and most likely it was your parents. That's right. I still got a denim jacket in my closet somewhere. 
<laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and Brett, those were our long but fun facts. All right. So let's wake the good looking people up by asking. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did we learn today, Tyler? Hmm. I think the thing I learned is, um, pass. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start. (laughs) Don't be afraid to find the truth. Uh, A lot of times you're going to be wary of looking for the truth because you're afraid to, to hear what it is. You're just going to want to sit and you figure you're safer not knowing or you're just you don't know don't be afraid to get out there and look for what is real not just and i i it's probably not the first time i've said it it won't be the last time i said it it bugs me to no end to hear the expression my truth or your truth I'm talking about the truth, reality, not perception. Don't be afraid to find out what is real and what is true about what your situation is, what is going on around you, and what is real. Because without it, you've got nothing. Just like Eli said. Yep. Um... I, uh, the only reason why I'm having a hard time coming up with something concrete is because I, I've never been scared of sharing my emotions, uh, thing that, you know, and I think the people, the good looking people that have been with us since the beginning, they know that too. I mean, honestly, everybody knows once they get to know me for a little bit. Um, so I have a hard time relating to the, the struggle, I guess, of this episode, Mm -hmm. um, because I, I don't have this fear. I've never had this fear. <laughs> um, I think I think I think the only thing I can think of is if I'm going to a place that I'm going to interview, I think I need to be more careful of who I interact with and how I treat everybody. <laughs> um, because Eli came in hot and heavy and uh, don't think he should have done that and easily could have uh, blown that opportunity. If not for the fact that Feeney is a good person and is willing to give people a second chance. So mm-hmm. be more cautious before you go into and who you're, you know, making fun of. There you go. <laughs> so let's move on to. I'm right. No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? That part of the episode where we grade this episode, Tyler, how would you grade what I meant to say? I'm got to go with an A+. It's just this is a this is one of their classic episodes, and I know that someone could make the argument of Corey and Topanga. This is their first breakup. If it's in the same day, it's not a breakup. Um, <laughs> I'm a firm believer that this is just a disagreement, and the two of them don't know how to work through that disagreement right now. Um, and so, this is this is different under, of understanding. So the, the moment they talk it out. They're fine. Um, And I just, 
I like the the way they truly introduce Eli of who he's going to be in this role in this this school year. I liked the interaction that Corey had with Amy. I wish Alan would have been in this episode, but hey, at least we had Amy. And just watching Eric and Sean respond the way they do is just hilarious to me, uh, especially because Eric goes full blown into the domestic good boyfriend and he doesn't want to be that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just fun all around and seeing Feeney be Feeney. And then lastly, Hunter, who's your best friend? You are, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with an A minus. Well, it's a it is a classic episode. It's one that I watch a lot. Um, it's it's got those classic moments. Um, it is missing Alan. This would be a great time for Alan to speak truth into Corey's life. It'd be a great time for Amy to speak more truth into his life on screen. One thing that it was missing specifically for me that would have given it a higher grade. Aside from Eli's advice for Corey to seek out truth to give him answers, the only advice Corey gets from his situation is bad advice about telling Topanga why, or about not telling Topanga that he loves her. He doesn't work out why he shared that with anyone except Topanga. No one comes alongside him and asks him why he shared it, except to tell him that he should never have said that. Eli gives him solid advice to go look for truth and to look for the answers. But at no point does anyone in a mentorship role help him work through why he's struggling with even sharing those words and how they could have been scary, except for in that moment with Topanga. And I feel like that could have been something that this episode would have benefited from. Yeah. But, you know, the only thing I can think of is that sometimes, and I know you and I have both been guilty of this, but when something's going on and we have a focus elsewhere, we can miss the fact of one of our people are hurting mm-hmm. and they could be right in front of us and our mind is not focused and we don't see, Oh, he's hurting. Now could Turner have followed him and f- figured out what was happening? Of course. But honestly, I think the outburst was mostly just the way to have a joke. Cause the show mm-hmm. mode is more concerned about jokes than continuity as we know. Yes. But mm-hmm. you know, part of the problem is like, because the goal is to get to the joke, to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing. There's so many things happening all at once when this could benefit from two episodes of confusion and not knowing. And, mm-hmm. but this show doesn't do the two parters yet. Oh no. Which is why once the show starts doing two parters, <laughs> there's less of the, and then we get to this, then we get to this, then we get to this, then we get to this. Like when we finally start getting our two parter episodes. We're like, okay, we can breathe in this episode. <laughs> and that's, that's something that I felt like this could have benefited from that room to breathe just a little bit. And we could have yeah. had a no, little I, bit I, of that. I in. don't disagree with mm-hmm. you, but the fact that you're in the A range is good enough for me. Well, I'm glad you approve that my grade is good for you. (laughs) 
Oh, it could be better, but, you know, it's good enough. <laughs> All right. Well, I believe that you owe me a dad joke. I do owe you a dad joke. And I was prepared and ready because <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> all right. So th- what's the king of all school supplies? The king of all school supplies. Now you got me stumped on that one. The ruler. <laughs> <laughs> And with that good-looking people, that has been an episode of Dad's Meat World. Yes, it is. Yes. We thank you for checking us out this week, and we invite you to check us out even more online. We've got social media profiles at Dad's Meat World across Facebook, Instagram, the uh, social media platform previously known as Twitter, currently known as X, apparently. I don't know how long that's going to stick. At Daz Meet World, like I said, we've got pictures, posts, all kinds of stuff you can interact with. You can find us on YouTube at Dad's Meet World. Send us an email at dadsmeetworld at gmail.com. And I just added season three artwork swag to the Daz Meet World at threadless.com store. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get my new shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett. Yeah. (laughs) As always. (laughs) See you, good looking. They want you to take the rules! I'll see you, good looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Sorry, I thought I had a burp coming. I did, so (laughs) there we go. Okay. Something that is so bad, there's not a real word for it. It's actually in Urban Dictionary. (laughs) She, it's, it's, there's a second entry for it. A word my friends and I made up to define something that is so ugly that there is no proper word to describe it. <laughs> She's so ugly, the word ugly doesn't say it. She's a goobwa. <laughs> it's upvoted once and downvoted 48 times. Are you taking a selfie? I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> First, let me take a selfie.